0: This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. And we put the word quiet in there, ironically, because we are loud. I guess the yeah. word's anything but.
1: Anything but quiet time. Going it before it the
0: works. quiet. I, I just, I was redundant. Everything I said.
1: For the first time, if you're listening, you're going, boy, they are, they're right. They are loud and annoying. <laughs> um, we're Rochelle and Carter. We do an out loud version of A Quiet Time. Honestly,
0: this is our our 45-minute session where as soon as you start listening to us speak, you're like, oh, this is white. Because we need to be praying for their spouses.
1: That's exactly right. For our husband and
0: wife. Yes. My, my husband, Sammy, your wife, Kelsey. Yes.
1: Uh, please lift them up in prayer. Yes. Um, <laughs> Or just for just us and our children too. Uh so hopeondemand.com is where we're kind of based from. There's other great podcasts, there's Christian artists that are talking about life and performing their incredible songs as well. So Absolutely. a wealth of hope. It's it's on demand at Hope on Demand. Yes.
0: Yes. We we were just talking about our children, and uh I know that you have this little guy named Ezra mm-hmm. now. Ten months, almost getting almost eleven months. And every single night you have a routine with him. Yeah. Yeah. You sing Jesus loves me. We do. And do you have prayer time as well? We
1: do. We, we say a little prayer over him. Mm-hmm.
0: And we had this incredible uh, conversation with a mommy the other day. Her name's Catherine, and she has a 5-year-old son. And they have a prayer time, and then one night he's like, "I don't want to I don't want to pray."
1: And she didn't know how to
0: handle that. She was like, "That's not negotiable, kiddo. Yeah. We're going to pray." He said, "I don't want to pray." And
1: what did he say, Carter? "I just want to I don't want to pray. I just want to talk to Jesus." Wow.
0: Five years old. Yeah. I just want to talk to Jesus. And this mom said, you know, sometimes we get hung up on the word pray because we feel like it has to look or sound a certain way. Right, right. And my five-year-old is speaking into my life. Coincidentally speaking into our lives.
1: Always good to uh, to listen, uh, to hear the perspective of anybody. Even when yes. you think you're in charge, you're the one t- doing the teaching. We often learn from our oh kids. Oh my goodness, so. but
0: she's doing something right as a mom because that came from someplace. Yeah, yeah. And it trickled down. And even though that's what she was trying to say, that this prayer time is
1: our time to talk to Jesus. He didn't want to do the chore. He just wanted to have that community. Yeah. That's so cool.
0: I love that. So,
1: um. So this is obviously a, a podcast. We get into things like this and hopeful things. So let me let me start off my segment about what I've been going through with a hopeful thought. You are a terrible person. Thank you. Are You're, you so, ter- welcome. You You're so welcome. You looked right at me when you yeah. said that. So. Well, I had to look at somebody, you know. I, let me look at the microphone. Okay. Look at something. You are a terrible person.
0: Well, and it's not a person. So I understand why you <laughs> looked at me.
1: But see, I looked I looked, at you listening. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me, too. All right. Uh, this is what I have heard much about uh-huh. in the first Two and a half chapters of Romans, yeah, because Paul. Well, get is, to
0: the third one; it's the same thing.
1: It's a, you get you get to well the, the first twenty verses of the third one are the same thing. It is just you are terrible, and even there's there's some point where you're like, "Well, we can be good enough." No, he's saying if you were good enough, but here's the deal: none of you are. Yeah, none of us are good enough, and that you know you. If you imagine if you're like, I'm going to read a couple chapters of Romans and then you just it's, you might have you've to, never
0: opened the Bible. before. Right, you
1: feel like you'd want to go on and then truly go. There's something better coming, though. Right. But see,
0: the hopeless terminology that you're using is, I mean, erase the last part It that what you're talking about is hope because you're never going to be good enough.
1: Right. That should
0: bring up a lot of hope. Oh, so I don't have to strive to get to a certain level. Yeah. Per se.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. In fact, so here he is. This is a little bit before it kind of stops this. It's a letter, so we just arbitrarily kind of put some verses and, and chapters and stuff on it to be able to keep track of it, uh, but this is just the part of the letter that's starting to wind down of this this hopeless, uh, your terrible part. No, he's actually quoting scripture here in Psalms, I believe. No one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Their talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their <laughs> tongues are filled with lies. I mean, he goes on. Yeah, And then he gets to verse 21. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. There's that striving you were talking about. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. And then he goes on with this. And the rest of much mm-hmm. of the rest of Romans is is in this. So you want, you want the hope. Uh, verse 21 in chapter 3 on is so much hope. And, of course, the 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 setup is for a great couple of reasons. One is to to tell us that we can't do it on our own. A big part of it is to remind us that uh, we are sinful, even when we try to tell ourselves at times that we're not because I'm not as bad as that person. Yeah,
0: that helps us in the judgment department. We yeah. stop looking at the other guy going, but I'm not as bad as that guy. Exactly. Nope.
1: That's. But that's, that's we the all thing. have that potential. And so, uh, it was, it's, you know, he's naming a bunch of terrible stuff in Romans one mm-hmm. and then, no, maybe it's even Romans two. I think it's Romans one. And then all of a sudden Romans two, he's like, uh, yeah, you, you see all that terrible stuff. Well, you can't point the finger cause you're doing the same thing. <laughs> so it's like, oh snap. You know, we, this is what we were talking about. We had a, um, here at our, our work, we had a, uh, Bible study, a, a small group time. And, uh, I heard a pastor say this, that. It was something to the fact. I'm going to butcher the quote, but you'll get the point. Uh, just because you are uh, not as bad as somebody doesn't mean you're not just as worse off. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like this. It's like okay, none of us are Hitler, right? Yeah. I'm not as bad as him. and that that would be true, right? But that doesn't mean that my stealing candy at the store when I knew better doesn't put me in the same position of apart from God as any serial killer or anybody terrible that we call a monster. We're still just as worse off because we our sin has separated us from God. And the good news for anybody that chooses right here to believe and put their faith in Jesus is that is how we are made right with him, not mm-hmm. our righteous actions to make up for the bad that we know we did, so I'll just be good enough, I'll go to church enough. No, and, and, and the good news on top of that is, when you know you're good, uh, in terms of you're good with Jesus, you know how to be saved, but then you feel like you should still strive. You ever feel like this? You you oh, feel yeah. like you still have to be good enough? There's, uh, yeah, I think so. I think it
0: comes Part and parcel with maybe maybe the culture, the Western culture we grew up in. I don't know. Okay.
1: I think you may be right there. Yeah. But,
0: um, yeah. So you, the, here's a dad. He's got two kids, a daughter and a son. And the son decides that he is, yeah, this is my dad. I'm going to hold his hand. It's going to be great. But he struggles with his dad the entire time. He's like pulling on him, yanking on him. He doesn't want to walk alongside him. Mm-hmm. His experience is not going to be nearly as good as the daughter who chooses to walk alongside her father willingly sure. and wanting to listen to him because I think my experience is going to be better. But they're still the kid, but they're both kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think it, once you've received that this is my heavenly father, you do have a choice from then on. And this is where it kind of, I think, gets confusing about like uh, faith without works is dead. Oh, mm-hmm. that means I have to do a certain amount of something for for me to be able to call my heavenly father, mm-hmm. father. Mm-hmm. No, you, you just have to grab a hold of his hand.
1: That, that's where we you talked know? about before in uh, Ezekiel in, in the Old Testament. He's he's talking about, I will put my spirit in them and they will want to follow my law. Yeah, I want to so follow So we don't do that without the spirit of God. And so that's what it's saying. Like you you may have not had real faith in the first mm-hmm. place if you're not authentically wanting to walk this walk. But it is about faith. And then in terms of you feeling like you just, even if you are doing, like you're going to church and you're reading the Bible and you're, you're just keeping up with things like that. But you still feel that way. I've taken great comfort in it's Hebrews nine twenty five mm-hmm. about it talking about Jesus is the once and for all sacrifice. He didn't have yeah. to die again and again and again. Yeah. So that's your past sins. That's your future sins. Now you do. And say, well, die, die to yeah. That's right, die daily to and, our wants and desires. And
0: that might be where we get confused a little bit because he died once and for all. Mm-hmm. You're in, but for the best quality of life in him. Because have you ever walked through a day and thought, oh, here is God. Well, he's been there. But have I aligned myself with him or am I yanking on his hand like that little boy and not walking alongside him, aligned with him like a little girl? And she has decided I'm going to die to myself and my desires, which might be to go over there and look at the, I don't know, the ice cream truck
1: Uh when daddy's uh
0: telling me to keep walking beside him. Very true. She's dying to that emotional pull so that she can walk alongside daddy. God. If that makes it's is this m- metaphor working? No, I
1: think it's totally working. Okay.
0: So that's the difference. You are to die to yourself daily. What does that look like? Well, God wants to show you.
1: Do you know? <laughs> I heard something fascinating by a pastor. I'd never heard it put this way that uh, it says to pick up your cross and follow me. Right. And um, I'll just say what it means uh, that, that, that he said that, that the way to look at it is that the cross uh, at the time was such a... Uh, obviously, we all know. We've seen the passion, right? So we all know it's a painful thing.
0: I don't even know if my mom was able to sit through it once.
1: I don't blame people. So do
0: I. I don't want to assume that you haven't, but maybe the reason why you haven't is because of what you're about well, to say. I'm you just know saying, know how you know it's painful. You know it's brutal, We all right. know
1: that, okay? We know that getting nailed to something would be painful, yes. and then the the whole thing, right? Uh, but at the time, something we don't often think about is that it was very shameful. It mm-hmm. was it was yeah. so, so shameful that often people at the time wouldn't even write the, of course it was a different language, uh, Greek or whatever, but uh, people wouldn't write the term crucify. Mm. It, it's almost like Voldemort of Harry Potter. Yeah. Like they would say the the ultimate humility or the ultimate, they would just not even use the word crucify because it was such a, a shameful thing to your yeah. family too. Mm. And so when when God is, or, or Jesus is talking about pick up your cross and follow me, it's a shameful thing. So what you're doing is, Following him in the midst of maybe maybe martyrdom, sure you know, surely I mean, yeah. we see that today in different countries, but the the being humiliated by the world, yeah, being the 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 the, uh, the uh, butt end of a joke, the ridiculed by coworkers, uh, you know, snickered at that type of stuff, of just walking through it because I'm picking up my cross and any embarrassment that comes with it because mm. I know what's true,
0: humility. Humble. Usually when we connect words like that with our faith, it brings to mind a picture of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples.
1: Yeah. But do you yeah.
0: ever picture yourself doing that to that person that you never liked? Yeah, that's true. Um I'm I'm gonna look this first up. You say stuff while I look it up.
1: Um so <clears throat> I started the other day washing my car. <laughs> And uh, okay, I was so, really about so. that. No, let's see. I might have had one more thing with this it.
0: Is, uh, this is the verse that I was thinking of. I was like, but I don't know it off the top of my noggin. Okay, so Philippians, uh, a letter from Paul to, the, to Philippi. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Basically, he says, I know what it's like to be abased. And uh, he said, I, it, it's right after that that he, he shares the most famous quote, I think, out of Philippians, which is, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And just, Paul lived the gamut, I think, and, and he's not shying away from stuff. And I think uh, you have to kind of put that verse, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength.
1: It's not for a context. karate tournament.
0: <laughs> it's, it's in context now. It's like, okay, so whether you're good or whether you're rough, mm-hmm. I can do all things through mm-hmm. Christ who gives me strength. And so, because sometimes you, you hear that commentary about being ashamed or humiliated. Nobody wants that. Jesus didn't want to be spat upon. Right, right. He didn't want to be just tortured and, and stripped naked and, and nailed to a cross. But he knew what needed to happen in order for God to be glorified, that he would be lifted up and um, men would, would come to him because he was lifted up. I mean, that was alluded throughout the entire Bible. <laughs> it talks about it from maybe before Moses, but certainly we we knew about the prophetic word that, that there was going to be a person from Adam's line that was going to crush the head of the, the serpent, mm-hmm. but would also be bitten by that serpent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he was going to go through pain, but you remember the, the speaking of snakes, the Moses staff, right? And, he puts the snake up on the thing and everybody who looked to it after they'd been bit by these poisonous serpents, they looked to it and they were healed. It was an act of faith. And here's Jesus walking out our faith, our actual faith being lifted on a cross and all who look to him will be saved. It's This incredible symbolism it r- runs all throughout the Bible. And uh, I shouldn't run from it. Yeah. It, Is that maybe the word I, I shouldn't. Yeah, that's be. exactly right. The world wants you to look at being a celebrity as the way to go. Right. Mm-hmm. I saw this thing the other day. I don't know that you can get uh prettier than some of the people in Hollywood, but there was a, a very popular Hollywood person and it was being suggested that they got plastic surgery. And then somebody just slandered ugly things that give it, botched surgery and just, and it's of course made into this headline. The reason why I'm bringing this up is like, there is nowhere that you are safe.
1: Right. Right, that's true. You be the
0: most successful yeah. person in Hollywood, and you're going to be abased, you know. So, right, right. I mean, that's just that's life. Except you're going to have more headlines, maybe that way. Very true. <laughs>
1: um, I I think of it like this uh, in terms of uh, embracing the um, any ridicule that we get, and depending on where you live. Honestly, where I live, I I don't I don't find it that much. It's more the Bible Belt, right? So, but depending on where you live, or or online comments, or whatever. You've seen people at least laugh at Christianity in general, if not you. Mm. And I think of it a little bit like a a movie. I'm trying to think of it more of a specific movie, but it'd be a movie. You could see, you know, some of your favorite actors being in it where you witness a crime and it's a terrible crime and you know that you saw somebody do it. Um, but they're accusing your best friend. Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, literally, your friend gets arrested for it, but you know it wasn't him. You know you didn't see him. You know the truth, and everybody... Let's say it's a terrible crime maybe involving a kid or something like that. So you have everybody in town... Why would you stick up for that guy? Why would you? Why are you doing this? You know, you're ridiculous that you would think you seriously and all the comments and all the letters at your door and right, all that. Right. But you know what's true. Because I know the truth. You know the truth. And again, a different situation here. Jesus yeah. is, well, of course, the crime at the time, I guess, for the Jews. He's claiming that he's God. He's claiming that he's the yeah. Messiah. And yeah. we know us and them at the time. They know the truth. They would die for the truth. The apostles did.
0: Isn't it fascinating throughout scripture when he heals somebody and he'll tell people, don't tell anybody what happened to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, why would he do that? Well, because he he needs some time on earth and you put a price tag on your head immediately when you start. Right. People are calling you the son of God. That's Wait, right. Wait, what?
1: There was prophecy that needed to be fulfilled and then more eyewitness accounts, more everything. So that we today, I think it was, I think a lot of that was for us Mm. so that we had more and more evidence of, of accounts of what Jesus did. Well,
0: certainly the disciples who lived closer to him than anybody and saw him day to day circumstances continue to die to himself, to humble himself, Mm -hmm. to be abased. And they still, after three years, were like, but we're going to go fight people, right? (laughs) That's right. Because they thought that. You know, the Messiah, when he returns, is going to be a military hero. Yeah. That's what he's going to do. Yeah. And Jesus was like, no, I came to conquer death. So I am a hero. <laughs> right.
1: The hero. But just, yeah.
0: I mean, it's we're fighting a spiritual war. Yeah. Things you're not seeing. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. So that's good.
1: So card. again, recap, you're a terrible person.
0: <laughs> well, here's a terrible person. This guy is Elisha's servant. And there's this amazing story about Elisha who he helps this lady. She's real nice to him. And whenever he comes into town, she invites him home for dinner. And she even like makes this, like a little home for Elisha up on the roof of her house. And so whenever he comes to town, he's got a place to stay and he's got a meal. It's really, really nice. Very nice. And so one day he's like, you know what? I'm going to, this time next year, you're going to have a baby boy. Well, they didn't have children. She and her husband. And she's like, don't you mess with me. Don't you? It's, she says something along that line, like mm-hmm. "Don't, don't mess with me." He's like, "I'm serious. It's going to happen." She has a boy, and he's a few years old. And then somewhere down the road, her her husband is showing him the way of harvesting or whatever. They're outside in the fields, they're working the fields, and this little boy gets a headache, and he dies. Mm. And she is not okay with this. You know, it's like I told Elisha not to mess with me, so she goes wherever. <laughs> she's. Up and leaves, because they're not living, from what I understand, they're in the town of Shunem. And this is not in his area. This is not where he lives. And uh, he, as he's resting where he is, she comes out of nowhere and she gets the servant, Gehazi of Elisha. And she tells him what's going on. And Elisha says, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go, Gehazi, you're going to go back to her town with her and you are going to help. Now, listen, exactly what you're going to do. You're going to take the staff. You're going to put it on his head. He's going to be fine. The lady says, nope, that's not good enough. Elisha, you're coming with me. And Elisha's like, oh, okay, okay. Gehazi does end up going with her as well as Elisha. And uh, I think he makes it there a little bit before Elisha does. And he does the thing that Elisha told him to do, puts the staff on his face and all this stuff, and it doesn't work. When Elisha goes, he does it. And that's not even the point of the story. It's this incredible miracle that takes place. The little boy lives after Mm -hmm. that. And it is restored to the family. It's amazing. But Gehazi comes back later in the passage of Naaman. And I started wondering, I was like, this is fascinating to me. So Naaman is another guy who's a general. He doesn't live in Israel. Um... And he has a slave girl, though, who's from the Hebrew family, and the slave girl knows about this prophet. And when she sees that her boss, Naaman, has leprosy, apparently Naaman's a good enough guy for her to try to help. And she says, you need to go see the prophet. And so he goes to the king um, of Israel, and he asks to see the prophet. And long down the road, you know, there's like some chains of command there, and he Moving along with the story, Naaman eventually gets to the house of Elisha. Elisha doesn't even go with him. It's like, okay, this is what you're going to do. And Gehazi's there, the servant again, Elisha's servant. Na- Naaman, I want you to go to the River Jordan, and I want you to dump yourself in this river. It's nasty, it's dirty, <laughs> seven times, and it's going to go away. And for whatever reason, Naaman is in a snit. Maybe it's because of all the chain of command stuff. Like he gives to the king, that he finally gets to the prophet. The prophet's not even going to go with him. You want me to go Jordan River? There's so many beautiful rivers. Why this one? Mm -hmm. Again, Mm -hmm. we're talking about being humiliated a little bit. Yeah. But are you willing to die to this pride in you? And you may know the story. Naaman, eventually, because everybody's like, Naaman, you would have done what, if they wanted you to go to Timbuktu, essentially, you would have done that. All you have to do is go dunk yourself seven times in the river. Right, right. So he does. And he comes up clean on the seventh time. Seven time down, he comes up clean, no more leprosy. Incredible story. And he's undone. He has brought tons of riches with him, silver, gold, all this stuff. And he's like, This is to you, Elisha, for the ministry, for whatever you need. There you go. And Elisha's like, now you don't buy God. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: it's just, right. That's right. not a
0: thing. No, 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 no. Well, uh, gahasi thought maybe he could. Do you remember that?
1: I do remember that.
0: And uh Gehazi like, I don't think this was a good idea. I think maybe we we missed the boat here a little bit. So he follows after Naaman, meets up with him. He's like, hey, Naaman, remember me? <laughs> hey there, uh, Elisha man. changed his mind. So he lies about it. Elisha changed his mind. Yeah, so there's the lie. And he would like, you know, some of that silver and gold. Take all of it. Naaman is only too happy to give it. He's feeling great. Never looked better. His skin is cleaned up. Nice.
1: And I don't, I don't think he's, I mean, correct me, you just read the story. Yeah. Naaman didn't do anything wrong here. In, no. In this, I mean, he's, I mean, Elisha he didn't have to accept it, but he was bringing a gift.
0: Like, even we read about that in the story of Samuel when Saul is looking for donkeys that got lost and somebody suggests, well, go see Samuel, the prophet. Well, I can't go without a gift. Okay. He's bringing a gift. Okay. Yeah. 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 Elisha's like, no, no, we're good. And this guy, Gehazi, he gets the silver and the gold and he takes it back home. And Elisha knows what's going on. And Elisha said, no, you're going to have the very thing that Naaman had. You, he gets leprosy. It's not a good outcome for Gehazi. But it's interesting to me. You could tell him
1: what river to go to.
0: Why do you think Gehazi didn't have success in helping the, the lady's son?
1: Yeah. Well, there's a was he there's a faith without works is dead.
0: I mean, potentially, I mean, he could have been like a a questionable figure from the get go. Right. Or was he as sincere as we all are when we first start out following after somebody that we find to be respectable? And then when it doesn't work for us,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like he put the staff on the little boy's head, that was what he was directed by Elisha to do. And he's supposed to come back to life, but it didn't work. Did he lose faith in that moment? What what happened there?
1: So I'm i really, I could see, and we don't know much about Kahazi, I think, on that first story, at least where his heart was at necessarily. But I'm kind of, at least with what happened in the second story, kind of feeling what Jesus is talking about. The cares of this world mm. choke it out of you.
0: Mm, yeah, riches. Is- that's so, what, th- that it's about finances and stuff, yeah.
1: Clearly that he was, he thought that was what was important there. Now, did he die from this? Did well, he leprosy, die from leprosy?
0: Leprosy, and, and leprosy was a term given to any skin abnormal abnormality, mm-hmm. or, you know, something that was incurable by, I don't know, aloe plants or whatever they had it, available.
1: We don't hear uh, anything about him after this. No? Is, okay. No. So it was, he obviously didn't redeem himself regardless of how long he he lived. But. Yeah,
0: he gets a he gets a curse placed on him by Elisha. And uh, it's, it says, when they reached the hill where Gehazi lived, he took the bags from the servants, placed them in his house. This is filled with all this silver, all this gold. <laughs> Gehazi went in, stood in front of Elisha, who asked, hey, Gehazi, where have you been? Nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Did he, he say me? that? It says, nowhere, sir. <laughs> Gehazi answered. <laughs> Elisha asked, don't you know that my spirit was there when Naaman got out of his chariot to talk with you? Hazi, you have no right to accept money or clothes, olive orchards or vineyards, sheep or cattle or servants. Anything of, ver- of worth is what he's saying. Because of what you've done, Naaman's leprosy is now going to be on you and your descendants forever. Oh,
1: wow. Wow.
0: And suddenly in that moment, his be- his skin became white with leprosy and he left. Man. That's a yeah. lesson learned. And And perhaps it feels harsh. But again, you look back at the story of what happened up until that moment. You're the guy who's the right-hand man of Elisha. You've seen this prophet do pretty incredible things. We even talked about last podcast about mm-hmm. the she bears and stuff like you've seen some remarkable stuff. Right. He's got a double dose of power than the guy who took out 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Yeah. And you're going to go, hey, uh, Naaman, uh, that gold and silver, Elisha really wants it. and.
1: uh <laughs>
0: this wasn't he was letting the cares of this world aggravate sense common sense
1: it's very it's very telling to me that um and pastors will say this too you know they do the the altar call or the the whatever at the end of church it's not just some fancy magic prayer okay it's mm-hmm. a it's a belief and here you know clearly it is even this guy's following the prophet and it at least seems now. Again, you can mess up after you're a believer. Maybe he just messed up here, and this is his punishment. But obviously, just kind of tying sure. these stories together, it would seem that maybe he just wasn't a true believer. It, it's not about going to church. It's not about even just you know that magic prayer. It's what do you truly believe? Because that will dictate your actions. So an authentic faith is is um, is backed up is uh, is uh, presents evidence of works. Because of faith in the first place, but faith is what gets you right with God.
0: And just because he was struck down with leprosy and he was cursed, it says um, there's no mention of him again. We don't know what happened after that. No, that's true too. See, yeah. uh, Miriam, maybe he believed then. Miriam was sister of Moses, and she got uh, she got a little upset. Her pride got a little hurt. She and Aaron they were brother and sister of Moses, and Moses was getting all the attention with God. Well, we did stuff. Where why aren't we being? Called upon, why aren't we having these close encounters with God? You know, and uh, they badmouth brother, and God doesn't like that. And Miriam is struck down with leprosy, but it doesn't last. Hmm. Moses prays for his family, and God lifts that punishment. God is a merciful God, He's a gracious God. He is not one who changes his mind, per se, in terms of who he is. He cannot go against who he is. His character is solid. He is an integritous God. He is a just God. Yeah. However, when we pray, he says that our prayers matter to him. The prayers of the righteous avail much, it says. And so in that case, Moses prays for his sister and leprosy is taken. You know. So I don't know the end of his story. Gehazi may have had a redemptive ending. We don't know but that's where it ended in, in second Kings. And uh, I think it's interesting because once you start reading about the Kings, they all feel like they're too far gone. And then every once in a while you'll get a King that comes out of nowhere. Seemingly it's like there must've been incredible spiritual influence there because that King sought after the Lord. Mm -hmm. One of them I think is Josiah. I think that's his name. This kid, he ascends the throne and he does, it says no other King in Israel sought to follow the law of god more than this guy mm. well that includes that includes some pretty amazing kings there you think about the lineup
1: yeah i mean david uh,
0: david <laughs> comes to mind wow. this guy yeah i mean well how could that be especially if you've seen the lineup of kings that came up before him and so it tells you that you don't necessarily have to take on the sins of a father per se mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you also have to be careful because of these kings who followed after the lord their sons didn't. So it's like, okay, well, clearly you don't have to follow after your father. If your dad was a good guy and you weren't a good king, you were a bad king who disobeyed the Lord. But that also speaks to me as a parent. It's like, what am I allowing? Am I am I asking my children to follow Christ every day? And how am I doing that and representing him well? And it's the Bible is an incredible (sighs) book. It really is it gives you so many amazing examples. It's straightforward. It ain't sugar-coated. Right. But sometimes when it it jabs your heart and makes you go, "Oh gosh, that feels intense." There might be there might be some context there we can uncover and discover and
1: Well, I am curious with the we probably all have a modern day example. I just very curious about the Kahazi thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> we all, I think we all have an example of somebody that May go to church with us. Maybe uh, I, I think of a I think of an old co-worker, old boss, actually, um, that on the first day I worked there, he told me that he's a Christian. He goes to this certain church, you know, in the town that I lived in. And, yeah. And all that. I'm like, so you awesome.
0: have in your mind, you've described yourself as this. And so you have a definition to go along with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That word. Super excited yeah. uh, on my first day.
0: I can count on this guy. He's a loyal person who follows after Christ. That's didn't what that means.
1: That didn't happen. Okay. I mean, horrendous stuff. Um, don't think how much I'll say, but one was I found out he was stealing certain things. Uh, another was, um, well, I'll say it this way. He was, as a married man, uh, not that uh, this uh, it would have been appropriate otherwise, but he was making uh, he was comments flirting. to me. No, uh, making comments to me about the appearance of and the attractiveness women. of other women in the workplace. Okay. Uh, yeah. and, and I don't mean like, she's very pretty, which is is kind of weird for a guy to say to another guy anyway, you know, when we're both married men, you know. But uh, no, like, you know, certain body parts. Sure. You know, and I'm just like, what are you? Like, I don't even understand. And I didn't say much because he was my boss. And so you, you look at what... What do you do with a Kahazi type situation? Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, even, even the who I'm talking about is a living person. So the rest of his story is unwritten, too. But I don't think he's a sincere believer. Mm-hmm. And and by the context of this thing, I don't think Kahazi is a sincere believer. Yeah. What do you do? What would you do uh, if you are maybe not if you're Elijah, uh, Elisha, but if you're a friend of Kahazi, what would you tell him?
0: I would ask him what following after a prophet means to him. Yeah. Because if it. Is a different, a different definition than what it actually means, then now I have an understanding as to why he's acting the way he's acting. Mm-hmm. But if you know what it means to follow Christ, if you know what it means to say, I am a Christian, and you know, you can say yes to Jesus, make mistakes, and then go back to the cross and say, I have messed up and know that you are forgiven. Yeah. But if you are yeah. living a lifestyle, I mean, there is that part in scripture where Jesus talks about. You'll call me Lord, Lord, and I won't know you because your actions said otherwise. You know, it's you can call yourself, hey, that's my dad over there, but not be holding his hand.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think really the situation would be that's my dad over there. And then, hey, is this your kid? No. Mm. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know that kid.
1: Here's what Francis Chan said. This is I honestly I kind of feel. God moving in this podcast a, a little more than usual. Um, I think some stuff is just kind of lined up here because um, I haven't even told you about this, but my friend posted what Francis Chan said in his book. Here's uh, my woe moment of the day by reading Francis Chan's book. Uh, it's not your
0: woke moment. It's your whoa well moment.
1: Whoa moment. Okay. Whoa. Yeah, this is well, Francis Chan's woke too, right? I don't know. Uh, Multiply is the name of the book. <clears throat> this is what he says. Somehow many have come to believe that a person can be a Christian without being like Christ, a follower who doesn't follow. Mm. How does that make any sense? Many people in the church have decided to take on the name of Christ and nothing else. This would be like Jesus walking up to those first disciples and saying, hey, would you guys mind identifying yourselves with me in some way? Don't worry. I don't actually care if you do anything I do or change your lifestyle at all. I'm just looking for the people who are willing to say they believe in me and call themselves Christians. Mm. It's powerful and it makes you think about your own actions, even if it you should, yeah. even if you in your you know imperfect, my imperfect ways are are still wanting to seek after him. But the the motivation and the belief that you want to wrap your head around each and every day. I think it's positive you start looking at yourself. Oh yeah, instead it's of others. Positive instead of others right. going,
0: man, I could oh, there's somebody I know right now that needs to be listening to this. And I, I gotta be honest, I'm one of those people who does things like that.
1: Well, I think we should have people. In mind too, because we care about them. right? And even show them.
0: Not to slam them with judgment. Right.
1: Exactly. (sighs) Exactly. He's
0: going to totally hear this and then he's going to be convicted by the Holy Spirit.
1: It was a different subject, but I think my mom elbowed my dad once uh, (laughs) during a sermon. And he's like, I think you're supposed to be taking that on yourself, not elbowing other people. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I think it's, you know, to, to have a conversation with those people that maybe you're concerned about because they've been laid on your heart in a way that is sincere, that's not um, vindictive. right? Um, But what does following Jesus mean to you? And finding out what they think. And if it doesn't align with Scripture and what you know to be accurate, to be able to pray over them in that way, and then to share with them, not to say, no, you're wrong, Mm -hmm. per se, Mm -hmm. but say, you know, this is what it means to me. And having a conversation. um, Because Gehazi... Ghazi had been following Elisha long enough
1: that yeah, he should have known. He'd been with him for
0: a while. He true. had seen the miracles. He knew what this man was about, and he knew it wasn't okay because he lied. Yeah, to Naaman.
1: Yeah, that's true. And then
0: he hid the the riches, so he knew. You know, there's there's one thing about being like I I literally have not been educated on this, or I know better. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it this way. Yeah. And I, listen, I would be lying to you right now if I didn't tell you I have outright sinned knowingly. I think. I have done well, that, yes.
1: I'm trying to think. I don't know if it's that much, but I, I think most of the things we do are knowingly. I was going to say
0: that defines sin, actually. Yeah. I mean, if you know against what is right, like Adam and Eve, do not eat from any, don't eat the fruit from this tree. Any other tree, absolutely go for it. Not this one. I want to be the one to divulge wisdom to you because I'm the only one who can weigh what wisdom looks like, yeah. what is good and evil. And they disobeyed, didn't they? They Knowlingly. had their set of, their one rule.
1: <laughs> they wanted to be God. And that's kind of every sin.
0: We want, we think we know better. And we're going to put our thoughts, emotions, feelings, whatever it is that we're feeling yeah, ahead of God. That means we're putting ourselves in the place of, we're idolizing ourselves.
1: We are the judge. We're the king. We're God.
0: What is the first commandment? Thou shalt have no other gods before
1: me. Yeah. That's a big one. No, that's good. This is a really good conversation. Uh, Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for uh, maybe listening to this while whatever you're doing. Like uh, Sydney is her name. Sydney Sydney. says, I love listening to Rochelle and Carter. I began a weight loss journey in August. That's awesome. I began walking daily as part of my healthy routine. And my morning walks were great, but I wanted to add a devotional time. So I needed some audio. If I want to combine that, I had some audio. The anything but quiet time was recommended by a friend. I have taken Rochelle and Carter with me on walks almost every day since August and sometimes taken two walks a day just to have an excuse to listen to another episode. Sydney. Sydney, thank you so much. Oh, and
0: I hope that you're doing well. That's so awesome that she's walking too. That's yeah. so good.
1: Oh, power to you. That's incredible. That's inspiring um, to me. It's very inspiring, yes. <laughs> so again, feel free to leave a review. We'll give you a shout out. Uh, it is, it, that one's right there on the, the Apple ones. Uh, she left five stars. Uh, Sydney no, <laughs> actually left one star. With that. No, I'm just kidding. If you want yeah. to make the shout out list. <laughs> well, it'll probably be at least a three star. Yeah, no, feel free. But we love you listening regardless. And again, check out HopeOnDemand.com when you get a chance.